Welcome to Dodgers Dogs. Casey Porter here. Hope everybody had a merry, merry Christmas. I know we did here at Dodgers Daily. I know Austin got to spend a lot of time with his family. So, Austin, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. It's been a, a very, very happy year so far in the offseason for the Dodgers. It sure has, Casey. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to our wonderful audience that we have and a Happy New Year to everyone as well. Uh, it has been a really good year for the Dodgers, especially during this offseason as we kind of turn the page to 2024 there has been so much to be excited about as a Dodgers fan. And I think there's even more to be excited about if you take a little bit closer and take a little bit of a deeper dive into this system as well and just see the depth that that the system has, just the pieces that have the ability to come up as well. Uh, so we're excited to be able to take a little bit closer of a look into that. Yep, so today we're going to talk about the pitchers that have a – Likely ETA for 2024. We're going to go over those guys first. It's guys like Nick Frasso, Landon Knack, uh, River Ryan, that type of deal. We're also going to talk about Kyle Hurd, who got, I believe, like two innings last year at the Major League level. We're going to talk about him as well. We also are going to cover Emmett Sheehan. Obviously, he got quite a bit more, a little over 60 innings at the Major League level. So we're going to cover the guys that we think are imminent. John Rooney, Alec Gamboa, Ricky Finasco at the reliever level. And then we're also going to cover the guys that are at the double-A level that if all hell broke loose and you had to dip down to the double-A depth level, who would those guys be? So we're going to cover all of the depth as far as that's concerned and the ETA 2024 for the pitching staff for the Dodgers. But before we get into that, just a reminder, guys, we have had just a wonderful run at this at new subscribers and just a lot of new support on here at Dodgers Daily. Don't forget, if you're watching this video, hey, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Tell all your friends about Dodgers Daily. We're continuing to try to grow here at Dodgers Daily. And then don't forget to turn on your notifications. That way, every time Dodgers Daily release a new video, you will be notified and you'll never miss a thing. Okay, that's enough about the business, Austin. You ready to get into all the pitching that has a ETA of 2024? Absolutely. So the first guy we're going to talk about is Nick Frosso, a young man that was brought over in a trade from the Blue Jays, and he has hit over 100 miles an hour. He's had a few injuries he's had to deal with, both with Toronto and then he ended last season on the IL. But from everybody I've talked to, that's not going to be a concern moving forward. It was one of those minor deals. They shut him down just from a precautionary perspective. Nick Frosso, he was one of the ones, Austin, that was protected. Him and Landon Knack, along with Hunter Fiducia, the catcher. The Dodgers obviously are very, very high on him. I would be shocked if he does not make his Major League debut next year. Yeah, I would be certainly shocked with that, too. And it comes down to him. It comes down to that electric stuff that he has. He has the velocity. He has a lot of movement on a lot of his pitches as well. He certainly was a high priority for the Dodgers to be able to get and certainly was a steal for them from Toronto when they were able to trade for him. Uh, and you look over his numbers just last season, you, you talk about it, just looking underneath the hood as well, especially at his double A numbers, he really was really solid, really effective, was able to strike a lot of batters out without giving up too many walks. 
uh, which with his stuff too, having that combination of being able to strike guys out as well as limit the walks is something that does not happen a whole lot. With Nick Frasso, he has been a starting pitcher throughout his entirety of his minor league career, so I would expect him to continue that path. Although, depending on the availability, we know the Dodgers just seem to keep adding starting pitching as well. I think it's going to be hard to keep Nick Frasso in the minor leagues because of the talent that he has. And we'll talk about some of these other guys as well. I think they're going to have to find some sort of way to put Nick Frasso into that lineup. Eventually, once he gets a little bit more experience in AAA, uh, because I think with the talent that Nick Frasso has, he's just going to force his way up to the big leagues at some point in 2024. Uh, I think he just has too much talent and the stuff is too electric to keep him down for too long in 2024. You're seeing him at the AAA level. He only had 19.1 innings there. So it's there's more of a sample size to compare what he did at the AA level. Strikeouts per nine, 11 and a half, 11.48 to be Exact. That's incredible, Austin. Especially when you consider his 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 walks per nine, as you mentioned, were less than three at two point nine. So when you look at that, he had almost nine more strikeouts per nine innings than he did walks. That's very impressive. Especially when you put into the fact that he only gave up less than a half a home runs per nine innings in those outings. So you have the high strikeout volume, the fairly low walk volume compared to a strikeout volume mixed with not, you know, so he's riding that high four seam you see right there, but not giving up an extraordinary amount of home runs, just a half a home run per nine innings. So, so that, I mean, that that's a pretty good combo when you go with all of his crossfire, when you go with the amount of extension he gets, you see how far he gets down the mound with how long his legs are and that high velocity fastball up in the zone. That is a great combination. Oh, yeah, it certainly is a great combination. You talk about that crossfire uh, pitching style that he pitches with. Uh, That's just something that's going to be unique for hitters and just something that in combination with the velocity that he pitches with and with in combination with the stuff that he has is going to be so incredibly difficult for hitters to hit. And I think that is going to lead to success for him at the AAA level next year. And then eventually at some point, he's going to get that opportunity at the major league level to showcase that. And with him already being on the 40 man roster, he is one of those players that is right in line to make his major league debut next season. So Dodgers fans, don't be surprised if you hear the name Nick Frasso be called up next year. Landon Knack is another young man. You're seeing him live. I took this actually in Wichita that was protected just like Nick Frasso on the 40-man roster, so he would not be eligible for the Rule 5 draft. If they hadn't protected Frasso or Knack, they would have lost them both, so you get to keep them both now. Landon Knack is a young man that came out of East Tennessee State. He was the all-time strikeouts leader there. He wasn't a huge recruit or a huge draft pick type of guy until after his senior year there with the Pirates, so hey, he has just really, really continued to rise. He's fought injury. He was one of the bigger prospects in the Dodgers organization for a long time. And then 2022, he had the forearm issues. Everybody, you know, he kind of, well, where'd Landon Nat go? Well, he dealt with injuries the whole time. And then had a really good 2023, finished again last season on the IL. No big deal there, just like Frasso, more precautionary. So Landon Nat, he's a guy that he's not your 100-mile-an-hour pitcher like Frasso, 
but he's a guy that has four pitches and very skilled. We talk about his fastball, curveball, slider, and change. I've seen it with my own eyes many different times, Austin. You have too. He will throw those pitches in any situation and any count. Very skilled from that perspective. Yeah, very skilled. And in 2023 really was a bounce back year for him. We talked about him dealing with injuries and people had kind of forgotten about the prospect that is Landon Knack. But I think this past season, he just showcased his ability. Once again, 2023 was a year of reestablishing himself as a name to be remembered. And the Dodgers took notice of that. And you mentioned he was added to the 40-man roster. I think with this past season, what you saw with him, especially when digging into some of the numbers as well, his season in A was incredibly, incredibly solid. You talk about him being kind of a high floor, being one of those guys who is a starting pitcher type profile. Uh, but also with him, and especially at double A, um, you saw that he had about nine and a half strikeouts per nine, which is pretty good. But I think the thing that just elevated his game to another level was his ability to control that curveball <laughs> um, and be able to throw a lot of strikes. And you talk about it with his walks per nine being less than that's less than two at double A, that's going to lead to a lot of success. So if he's able to continue that, especially at triple A next season, if he's able to lower the walks a little bit, continue to be that high floor type starter, I think you could see Lynn Knack get the opportunity for the Dodgers. And he certainly has the skill set. He's got the pitch mix to be able to throw off a lot of hitters, I think you can see him get the call up in 2024. There was a lot of variance in terms of his stat cast data last year as far as his velo and his movement and all that. And that's because depending on which part of the year he was in, he was fighting different injuries. And whenever you fight different injuries, you know, sometimes I'd see him and his velo would be 91-92. And then I saw him on a couple of occasions to where he actually touched 96. So just depending on the health for Landon Knack, that's been a big issue for him. That it, So if you go look back at the StatCast data, it's going to be deceptive for you to this point. The Dodgers know that because he hasn't all the time been healthy. Again, you look at his K per nine, almost 10, almost 10 strikeouts per nine innings at the AA level. It was around eight, 7.95 at the AAA level. He threw 43 innings for AAA Oklahoma City. Home runs per nine, less than a half a home run per game at the double-A level. At the triple-A level, like it tends to do, Austin, in that hitter-friendly PCL when you're talking about high elevations, it ballooned up to 1.26. So he has the high-riding four-seam, but it's not always 96 miles an hour, and that's where right here. You saw that pitch right there. That's where you can see Landon Knack give up a few home runs. Yeah, and I, I think with this, I think that's really important thing to keep into context is just the health of a lot of these guys you're not worried necessarily about how they would be when they're more injured you're worried about how they're going to be when they're at full strength because you want them to be at full strength and i think that's important to keep in mind when looking at even some more advanced stuff there's some uh, numbers out there as far as different stuff plus or yeah. location plus that could be uh, perhaps a little bit deceptive, even though some of those numbers still are pretty solid with Landon Neck. Just keep in mind that um, you want to look at when he is healthiest. So, and if Landon Neck can go into AAA being, being healthier uh, and just being able to showcase exactly how 
uh, good he is at the beginning of 2024. And just with the pitch mix, with the high floor that he has, with the need for the Dodgers to fill a whole bunch of different innings throughout the season, especially from starting pitchers, I think Landon Knack could be one of those guys that you could see get the call up pretty soon. Just kind of give you an example of the up and downness to the injuries that he's had. His FIP last year was 532 and five, and his ex-FIP at AAA was 575, but yet his ERA was 293. And that's because he will, whether it be a 3-2 count or a 3-1 count, he'll flip in his curveball or his slider or his changeup, and it doesn't bother him because he has that much confidence to throw them backwards. So he gets a lot of outs in big situations because he's able to pitch backwards and because of that you know he he leaves a lot of guys on base so Landon Knack hey he's a guy that can strike out quite a few guys when he's on as evidenced by striking out 11.13 per nine innings at the double a level and then at the triple a level almost one per inning at 7.95 per nine so hey he's a guy that does have strikeout look at that change up when that change up is on for Landon Knack it's going to be a tough day for hitters. So he is a guy that, you know, hey, if you need to throw him at your at the, at the number one starting position at the major league level, probably not ready for that. But, boy, he makes some great depth, doesn't he, Austin? Yeah, he certainly makes for some incredible depth. And I think it's also important to keep in mind, especially with the Pacific Coast League, where he was pitching in, where Oklahoma City plays in, uh, their ball does fly in that league. And it is a very high run scoring environment. So when you're looking at some of the numbers, whether you're looking at ERA, FIP and XFIP. I think it's also important to keep that in mind, especially when you're talking about the home runs per fly ball ratio. You saw that elevate a little bit from the jump to double A to triple A. I think some of that has to do with that aspect, but I think with Landon Neck, I think you're talking about a guy who um, has incredible stuff. I think he's a guy who can have that high floor and make that jump to the big leagues. All right, who you're looking at right here is River Ryan, hands down. No doubt about it, not my opinion. I have asked several, several, several different people in the organization. Hands down, the best athlete of any pitcher in the Dodgers organization. He was maybe the two best two-way player at UNC Pembroke his last year there. Only reason he went UNC Pembroke is because he actually broke his back in high school. He was going to go to North Carolina like his brother. His brother, I believe, is still in AAA right now, Ryder Ryan. So River Ryan, he can windmill dunk, Austin. I do have that confirmed, that he can still windmill dunk. And when I asked, I think it was Ben Kasparius, of all the pitchers, you know, it seems like all of you play shortstop in high school, always the best athletes on your team. If you had to pick one guy of your pitchers who would play shortstop, and remember Ben Kasparius played shortstop at North Carolina, that dude was awesome. I actually thought Ben would say himself. I was trying to have a little fun with it. He said, oh, man, no doubt it would be River Ryan. He he could probably play Major League shortstop right now. River Ryan is that kind of athlete. He has that kind of swag to him, and he has a lot of electricity. Dodgers fans are going to love this guy. They love their stars, and River Ryan has a rock star type personality. Yeah, he certainly has a rock star personality. You talk about that athleticism. Just talk about the pitch mix, the stuff that he has, the velocity that he's able to pitch with as well. River Ryan is an electric pitcher. Uh, spent just about all of his season last year in AA Tulsa. Did get a few starts in AAA Oklahoma City. Just a really small sample size towards the end of last season. But really looking at him in AA as well. He's one of those guys where... 
man, I think even the stuff that he has, I think he can even elevate the strikeout total that what he had at double A in the past. It's been 12, 14, even at double, even at triple A last year, it was 15 strikeouts per nine. Uh, and I think last year with his strikeout total of per, up per nine of nine in double A Tulsa, I think that can be even be elevated. And that is might be a little bit deceptive to how good of the stuff that River Ryan has. I think you're talking about a guy who, even though he is not on the 40-man, I think Dodgers fans should watch out for for him. You talk throughout this system. You talk about guys that um, the organization believes in. You talk about guys that a lot of the coaches in the system believe in a ton. They are going to point to River Ryan. So you have to keep an eye out for him, whether that is in a starter type role, which he has come up with, or if they kind of like Nick Frasso have to find some sort of way to put him into the major league level, just because of the talent that he has, they'll find a way to put him in. I think he just has that much talent to do so. So got to be fair that the double a level, the, the, the strikeouts per nine, that nine, that's not bad. That's about one per inning. That's obvious. That's definitely not bad, but they can be elevated. Like you said, because he didn't throw enough strikes. He was walking over four guys per nine innings. And even as good as your stuff is for River Ryan, that has to come down. That probably what needs to be cut into about two thirds, would you say, Austin? If you got that below three, I think he would. I think if you got it below three, that means he's getting ahead in the count more often. Does that make sense? And if he gets ahead in the count more often, that's where you're going to see that strikeout per nine balloon back up to twelve to fourteen. So if he would just get his his base on balls per nine. Under, say, three, like at 2.9, I think that raises his K per nine up to about 12. And now you're talking about a K per nine, 10 more than your walks per nine. And at that point, you have a completely dominant pitcher. And I think that's his ceiling right there. And so I think that's what you have to look forward to as far as growth for River Ryan. Am I off there with anything? No, I don't think so. I think this has to do with the deceptiveness at times of numbers from the minor league level. You talk about these guys are consistently working on stuff and that jump from high A to double A is consistently called the one of the if not the toughest jump in the minor leagues and River Ryan made that jump and he started the season at Tulsa and he was able to work through a whole bunch of different things throughout the season. So I think this past year, 2023 was a year of growth for him. Mm -hmm. I think he was able to learn a lot of different stuff and I think he's going to be able to utilize that to find different ways as the competition gets tougher and tougher to find unique ways to strike out guys the sequence pitches perhaps a little bit better uh, to find a little bit more command. And when he does that, he has the tools, he has the athleticism to really explode onto the scene. So River Ryan, even though he's not on the 40-man, I expect him at some point, if a 40-man roster spot opens up, to to potentially have his debut in 2024 again still has some things that he can work on but with the overall tools that he has he can be a real impact player for the Dodgers and the only reason he wasn't put on the 40 man is because he wasn't eligible for the rule five draft Landon Knack and Nick Frost both were eligible so if you didn't put them on the 40 man you were going to lose them in the rule five so with River Ryan being a little bit younger he wasn't eligible for the Rule 5, and because of that, the Dodgers did not have to put him on the 40-man to protect him. 
So they didn't. It's not because they think less of him than, than those other two. It's just because they didn't have to. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think you could see a situation like a Kyle Hurt, where Kyle Hurt, um, remember, he wasn't on the 40-man roster for the Dodgers this past season. However, with his level of play and with anticipation for needing to add him to the 40-man going forward, he was added to the 40-man, and then he was called up by the Dodgers towards the end of the 2023 season. I think with River Ryan, I think he's in a very similar position perhaps even a little bit closer as well because he's already made his AAA debut. He will probably start the season in AAA as well. I think you could see a situation where in anticipation of him needing to be added to the 40-man following the 2024 season uh, conclusion, I think you could see River Ryan potentially added to the 40-man and make his debut at some point in 2024. All right, let's move to Kyle Hurd. And I know Kyle Hurd is a young man that did get major league experience a couple of innings last year. This is him right here. 99 miles an hour. You're going to see Kyle Hurt hit 99. River Ryan, by the way, also has hit 99. They call it nine. Haven't seen that zero yet. So Kyle Hurt, we know that he has some of the most. There's that changeup, too, a plus-plus changeup. We know he has one of the best arsenals of any young pitcher in the game. Hey, there's Andy Paz playing center field. I hope he has a good year this year. But Kyle Hurt, again, got two innings last year. He does not care what his role is going to be in 2023. It just feels like it needs to be at the major league level because his stuff is way too electric for the AAA level and all the adjustments that he needs to make, whatever they may be, I think he needs to make – look at that big – curveball slash slider i think those adjustments need to be at at the major league level and not the triple a level his stuff is too good for triple a in my opinion oh yeah no and we saw kyle hurt just take it just an overwhelming step this past season in 2023 especially in the strikeout percentage this is actually something that he had flashed in the past just with incredible strikeout numbers but now we got to see it a little bit even more over the course of a large sample size this past season you talk about in double a strikeout percentage and in triple a strikeout percentage being close to 40 percent yeah that is just unheard of and i think with kyle hurt i think this is something we've talked about in the past him being able to control his pitches keeping it in the zone, kind of limiting some of those walk numbers, I think would be something that would just elevate his game even to the next level. He has the incredible strikeout stuff, which was showcased in Dodger Stadium this past season in 2023 for that one appearance that he had. I think with Kyle Hurt, if he's able to control that, I think he's going to force his way onto this roster. If it in Dodger in for the Dodgers in this next season, I think it would likely be probably out of the bullpen. But w- if he keeps putting up strike up num- strikeout numbers like he has been, like he has been this past season, and it has been a consistent thing he has done throughout his career this past season, being a really big step for him because he's a- able to sustain that through the entire season. I think this could be something where Kyle Hurt needs the opportunity out of the bullpen for a large sample size for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He needs to be there for a long period of time to make those adjustments, to learn how to get major league hitters out. And if he's able to do that, 
boy, do you have a weapon mm-hmm. out of the pen. And he's able to provide some sort of length, whether that's some piggyback role, whether that is through an opener, whether that is through going back to being a starter. He can do it all. He has such... He, he has... He, 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 that you can't uh, quantify how valuable that is for the Dodgers because he's able to fill so many roles and he's able to strike out so many batters, which we know throughout this organization, they really value the stuff of their pitchers. And Kyle Hurt has some electric stuff that should be on showcase in Dodger Stadium in 2024. So strikeouts per nine, 2021 at the complex, 1543. At the single A level with Rancho, 1543. At the high A level, in 2022, 14-16. At the double-A level, when he first came up to double-A in 2022, 13-06. And then when he started in double-A last year, 15-23. Came up to triple-A, had a strikeout per nine at 14. And then at the major league level, 13-50. This isn't something that just came out of nowhere for Kyle Hurt. He's had this type of strikeout stuff his entire career. So, I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. Now, he has had some pretty high walks per nine innings in his past, you know, 2022 at AA. His first stint when he first got there was over 10. He's had walks per nine of over five and, and over four and that kind of deal. But he said point blank when he repeats his delivery, that is his key for him. And so, yeah, hey, man, just absolutely explosive stuff. Super excited. I hope he stays at the major league level all year. So finish your thoughts on him before we get to a little bit of Emmett Sheehan. Yeah, I also think it's important to keep into context that that is not just really good strikeout numbers. That is some of the best strikeout numbers in all of minor league baseball as well. And so with Kyle Hurt, you're talking about just the electric stuff. If he's able to repeat his delivery, he is going to be a difference maker for the Dodgers, not just a guy that you can throw out there, a difference maker for the Los Angeles Dodgers out of the bullpen as an opener, as a piggyback starter, whichever role that he is put in, he can be that guy that the Dodgers rely on. Okay, let's get to Emmett Sheehan. Now, obviously, his ETA was last year, and we saw him a little over 60 innings, but wanted to get to him and wanted to to skirt over him a little bit and kind of talk about what he might bring for the Dodgers this year. I actually misstated on the last show. I said he only threw 60. And I was only looking at his minor league numbers. He actually threw over 60 minor league, over 60 major leagues, a little over 120 innings total last year. So I think he's ramped up to about, you know, be projected for about 130 innings this next year for for uh, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So Emmett Sheehan, Austin, you know that I've said this way before, and people even were like, what the hell are you talking about? Who is this guy, right? Back when nobody knew who he, knew who he was, uh, after last year when he went to the Arizona Complex and struck out eight guys in a row, I said it right then, possibly the most explosive fastball of any fastball in the system. That includes Bobby Miller, Dustin Bay. The Los Angeles fans got to see it. It's because of the extension. Look how far down the mound he gets. Then also look at that three-quarter slot, Austin. What that does is that 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 creates that ride back into that run back into a right-hander, that arm side run. So you're getting sometimes plus 20 inches of movement to the arm side with a fastball that has reached as high as 99 miles an hour with the extension of let's say that 
that he's releasing it at 55 foot, something like that, 50, 54 foot. So when you combine all that together, that is huge upside for Emmett Sheehan. Yeah, Emmett Sheehan has huge upside. And right now he is in the conversation to be that number five starter right now for the Los Angeles Dodgers if the season started tomorrow. Obviously, the season does not start tomorrow. They still have some time to potentially add a pitcher. But if they decide to have Emmett Sheehan be that number five starter, which I'm assuming that he is going to get a lot of run time at the major league level, no matter what the Dodgers plans are as far as adding more starting pitching. Emmett Sheehan is one of those guys that the Dodgers can rely on. He has incredible stuff, just as we talked about with Kyle Hurt. Emmett Sheehan was right up there as far as the strikeouts per nine, the strikeout percentage during his MILB season last year. You're talking about at the double A level, which he got a pretty good uh, sample size of 53 innings last year at double A, strikeout percentage of 41.7%, which is unreal as far as that strikeout percentage. Almost 15 for nine innings. To get guys out. That is almost 15 for nine innings. Yes, that is just absolutely nasty stuff. And he's showcased that. And with Emmett Sheehan, he has shown so much growth. I remember seeing him at the high level with Great Lakes during the opening weekend of 2022. And then he got injured after that, Mm -hmm. missed some time. And when he came back, it was a really real struggle to get back onto that horse. But once he was able to make the appropriate adjustments, he just exploded onto the scene. So with Emmett Sheehan, we saw last season, we saw some really good starts. We saw some starts at the major league level where he struggled a little bit. I think he's going to be able to utilize each one of those experiences to just really help elevate his game and really learn from it. He he really is a guy who has learned from each level that he has come from. He has learned from the experiences where he has struggled. I think he is going to be able to utilize that at the major league level, and his stuff is just incredible. And I think Dodgers fans are really excited for the possibility of Emmett Sheehan being another one of those starters in the mix at yep. the major league level. So if you're to ask me, there's all the top end stuff. There's all the ceiling type stuff. What what does he have to do to become as dominant as he's capable of being? Well, point blank, his home run numbers for nine innings. He's given up quite a few home runs in his career. I mean, going back even to the single A level, he gave up one, almost one and a half home runs per nine innings. And then at the double A level in 2022, over two home runs. Per nine innings, he was better at that last year because his strikeout rates were bigger, and then his walk numbers were down. It's amazing how that works together. When you don't walk as many people, that means you're ahead in the count more. You don't give up as many home runs. So at double-A last year, he actually got underneath one per nine innings, and then it went back up to almost two per nine innings at the triple-A level, and then a little over one and a half per nine innings at the major league level. So he does give up too many home runs. That's going to be have, have to be one of the adjustments he makes. It's figuring out how to not give up the long ball, right? I think the biggest mm-hmm. adjustment he's going to have to make is just get the ball in the strike zone more. So if you look at his walk rate, 16.20 in uh, 2021 at the high A level, and then it's been 6.23 at first go round in double A. Then he started last year, 3.88 is the best that he's done. But that's still, I would think he would be the first one to say he needs to get that under three at the AAA level. It was 559. So those two numbers hand in hand. 
Control and command. He's still at the control level. You know, Landon Knack's at the command level. He already throws strikes. Now, can I command it in the strike zone and actually hit the exact spots? I'm trying to hit. The image Sheehan's still working on the control level. The Dodgers had to fast track him. And so if he can get that that strikeout, that, that walk per nine innings, kind of like we're talking about River Ryan, to under three, I also think those home runs per nine innings with his stuff will go under one. And then whenever you get into that scenario, that's when image Sheehan becomes a dominant major leaguer. Yeah, I think you're right with that. And I think with MSG and look, he's not a dominant ground ball type pitcher. He's going to give up his fly balls as well. And with that, he's going to give up home runs, especially if he's not able to have elite control with that. So I think being able to have that elite control uh, is something that's going to be really important for him, could potentially get him into more ground ball scenarios where you don't have to worry about the home run for that but i think something that gives dodgers fans a lot of hope is his expected batting average from last season just being 186 Mm -hmm. and that is in the 98th percentile in all of major league baseball uh so i think that gives dodgers fans hope as far as the consistent quality of contact just being really poor from major league hitters they are not reading a lot of his pitchers well. I just a couple of pitch pitches that were left in the zone that were left for hitters to basically smash that really hurt Emmett Sheehan. If he's able to control that, ring that in just a little bit more, that's just going to elevate his game to the next level. And you talk about his ability to strike batters out. I think that's going to continue. I think that's going to be able to stay fairly steady. Yeah. And I think if he can just control this one aspect of the game, that's just going to elevate him to another level and make him a really solid pitcher for the Dodgers to rely on in 2024. Okay, so we've talked about the starters that are imminent. Obviously, Emmett Sheehan and Kyle Hurt, those those two guys are obviously definitely imminent because they, they actually got their their debuts last year. And then River Ryan and uh, uh, River Ryan and who else have we talked about here, Austin? Nick Frasso and Landon Nash. Yeah, River Ryan and then Emmett Sheehan and Kyle Hurt. Yeah, so so River Ryan is probably the furthest away just because he is not on the 40-man. So let's talk about a, a guy that finished double-A last year, and he actually pitched in the Arizona Complex League. Some really good results, some really not-so-good results, kind of up and down. Ben Kasparius, and the reason is is that he was really working on his pitch mix. He was working on his sequencing. He was working on his locations, trying to duplicate everything. So Ben Kasparius finished last year, although the numbers looked very inconsistent, right? He finished last year throwing the ball better than he ever has. He feels like he's in the best spot he ever has been as a pitcher in terms of being in control of his mix. In terms of his velo, he unlocked a whole lot of velo, Austin. He hit 90 eight last year and he's and his fastball's never been his best pitch metrically it's always been his off speed he pitches backwards he's almost like a landon knack that can hit 98 if you will when he's pitching well so talk about ben Kasparius. yeah with ben's Kasparius, who is a friend of the program they we have been casey has had a good job interviewing him in the past Ben Kasparius has been a guy who has been kind of rising throughout the system, uh, has had points where he has struggled, as you have mentioned, but he has learned from those struggles and being able to make adjustments. I had the chance to witness that 
uh, this past season. Uh, in 2022, he spent a large portion of the season in high A Great Lakes, and there was times during the season where he really struggled during that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he went back in 2023 to Great Lakes to start the season. He had eight starts, and he shined in each one of those eight starts. Uh, he was able to have a 2.68 ERA in comparison to the previous season where he had a 6.45 ERA, which I think just speaks to his ability to adapt and learn from the different environments that he is in. I think with uh, ben Casparius, uh, he is going to work through a bunch of different things. He's going to try a di- bunch of different things. As you mentioned, him pitching backwards a lot. Uh, I think he's going to – I think that's also showcases some of the um, disparities between some of the numbers and kind of what these guys are working on and the talent level that he has because Ben Casparius is an incredible talent. And I expect with him – even though his numbers at double A don't look necessarily pretty, I expect him to be able to make those adjustments because I saw him make the adjustments. If he is going back to double A like he did when he returned to high A great lakes, the previous season. So with Kasparius starting pitcher, he does have a lot of great stuff. You mentioned his off speed pitches just being metrically really, really good. Um, I expect him to continue to build off of this success and be able to adapt going forward into next season. Okay, so Ben Kasparis, I, I I think it he's an outside shot at his ETA being 2024 this next season. He's not on the 40-man, did just finish in, in AA, still has some inconsistencies that he's working with, but I can tell you the Dodgers are very high at where he's at right now. He has a lot of value in this system, so super pumped to see where Ben Kasparis heads Next year, Kendall Williams, a young man that some people thought might get picked up in the Rule 5. I think we were pretty steadfast in saying that he was not going to. We were pretty confident in that. But another young man that, hey, not 100 miles an hour, but he does have a unique pitch in that split-finger fastball and jumped three levels last year, started at the high-A level and finished at triple-A. So Kendall Williams, another young man, hey, picked up again from Toronto. He was in that, that, that trade that brought Ryan Noda over last year. Noda, by the way, I believe led the National or the American League in walks last year. So congratulations to him. Just communicated with him just the other day. Oh, Rhino's still doing great. So talk about Kendall Williams. Yeah, Kendall Williams started off this past season on the injured list. Didn't start until a month or two into the season. But once he started off, he was really able to pitch well. And you mentioned it. He got to spend some time in the Arizona Fall League as well mm-hmm. as Ben Kasparias, which shows just how talented they think that these pitchers are. Uh, he's not going to be one of those guys who blows you away with the strikeouts. He's not going to be able guy that's going to blow you away with the stuff, but he's able to consistently get hitters out. He's able to generate a healthy, good amount of ground balls as well. You talk about that split finger as well. It is really nasty as well. Uh, Kendall Williams is a really talented pitcher. I expect him to, to probably be – play a majority of the season in AAA Oklahoma City, which if you're at the AAA level, you're one call up away from being at the major league level. And especially with the rumors going around about him potentially 
people potentially being interested in him in the Rule 5 draft, mm-hmm. whether that is from fan speculation, whether that's from actual sources. Um, I think that just showcases how talented people think Kendall Williams is and just how close he is to the major league level. So I think it's important to keep notice of Kendall Williams as well. And he's long, six foot six, so he has good extension. Mm-hmm. There's Austin Gothier right there. So Kendall Williams, he's kind of been the Ben Kasparius. I know he did make it to AAA, which tells you what the Dodgers think about him. But I think with all the depth, I think it definitely would be an outside shot at him making the major leagues. But again, and I think if he does, it's probably because you had a bunch of injuries and and you didn't foresee all that happening. So he's a situation that you need to keep an eye on, see how he does at the AAA level. I think he does start, well, obviously starts at the AAA level. I think that Ben Kasperius probably starts at the AAA level too. Who knows though? We'll see how that goes. But I think there's a lot of play for those guys because you also know the Dodgers are going to want to get a bunch of those quad A veterans to fill out their their AAA pitching staff like they did last year with Dylan Covey and Matt Andrees and Robbie Erland. So they're going to get two or three of those guys as well. So Kendall Williams, we'll see how that goes for 2023. Okay, let's dive into our 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 uh, relief pitchers now that we think they'll have a 2024. Ricky Venasco is the guy that's the most immediate because he's on the. 40-man already signed a major league contract. But the first guy I wanted to cover was Alec Gamboa, a young man from Fresno, California, one of the best three-sport stars ever in the Central Valley. He was a four-time state placer in wrestling. This guy, people in that area of the world love this guy. He grew up a diehard Dodgers fan. His entire family is diehard Dodgers. If you look at his delivery of the Austin, who does he look like? Fernando Valenzuela, right? There is a reason for that. Look at that number, right? There's a reason for that because Fernando was his idol. He grew up idolizing Fernando Valenzuela. And so whenever he got to the Dodgers, he requested his number, got to wear it. And boy, the day that he gets to step on Dodger Stadium on that mound, it is going to be electric. When he pitched in, I believe it was like Sacramento, somewhere like that, his entire family was there and it gave him so much adrenaline. He hit 99 miles an hour. So I just hope and pray that Alec Gamboa makes his Major League debut this year. He's been up and down. Most of the middle part of the season, he was completely dominant. Finished the season struggling just a touch, so there has been some ups and downs. But as Alec Gamboa says, he never not gets back up. He is one of the most mentally toughest human beings you will ever be around. Yeah, I think he certainly is very close to the major leagues. And if he gets that call up, it would be a dream come true and certainly make us who have been had the privilege to be able to cover him throughout his minor league career just so incredibly proud and happy for him because we know how hard he has worked and what it would mean not just to pitch in the major leagues but to pitch for the Los Angeles Dodgers as well and it's not very often that you see a left-handed pitcher with the velocity that he has which I which makes him so close to the major league level especially since the Dodgers don't have a ton of depth of left-handed pitchers at the major league uh, level they have a couple of pitchers but especially with Victor Gonzalez moving on Mm -hmm. to New York I think that just raises the chances of guys like Alec Gamboa and John Rooney who we're going to talk about in just a minute of their ability to make the major league level so I think it's important to keep that in mind he has the electric stuff you talk about the velocity if he can work on a little bit of the command that he has i think he's going to be one of those guys that you could see make his call up sooner than later 
get some appearances for the Los Angeles Dodgers, hopefully in 2024. That would certainly be some some amazing story that would happen. No doubt about it. And remember, with, with Rooney and Gamboa both, they were starters until last year. I mean, they converted mm-hmm. to the bullpen just last year. So these are guys that can come in, give you three, four, five innings, or a start or an open or whatever. Very, very, very versatile. Gamboa, you mentioned the command, no doubt about it. It's more so consistency with the command, meaning when he's on, he's like an artist. I mean, he just paints the corners, and when he's on, he's really on. The problem is when he's not on, then, I mean, he's really not on. So it's like one or the other, and not only just on specific nights, but in periods of the season. So he'll have periods of the season of like six weeks to two months to where he's on every single night, and it's like you're just watching a guy just just paint art, right? And then he'll have periods of the season like of two, three weeks, maybe a month, to where he's struggling with his command. He's always fighting the strike zone. It just seems like there's always guys on base. So for Alec Gamboa, point blank, you know, hey, he said rubber, the rubber was going to meet the road last year. He definitely met that challenge. The 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 hurdle is all it, for, for it is all in his hands. The hurdle is going to be consistency. The stuff is there. The mentality there is there. The toughness is there. But can Alec Gamboa be consistent enough to be on a team that is trying to win a World Series for the Dodgers? I think that's fair to say about him. And so as we move into our next guy, this is John Rooney picking off Jose Altuve. Had to play that first. Best best pickoff move in all of baseball, John Rooney, and I'm not exaggerating. You're not exaggerating that yet. He's ter- he has the best pickoff move in the minor leagues, perhaps in all of baseball as well. It is just deadly if you're able to get on base, and that isn't big if you're able to get on base. John Rooney is a very talented pitcher, another left-handed reliever in the Dodgers system who we, we had talked about building up to the Rule 5 draft of him being a possibility. The Dodgers got really lucky that he is still in their system, and they can really utilize a guy like him and he could be one of those guys who could make the call up in 2024. He has been a really consistent pitcher as well through the minor leagues. You talk about him converting to the bullpen in this past season was a really good season, a good season of growth for him as well. Big, tall, lefty, gets a really good, healthy extension, yeah. one of the better extensions in the minor leagues. Um He is a very talented pitcher. The Dodgers fans, if you have not heard the name John Rooney, I think you will in 2024. They completely revamped his mix last year. They changed him to be more of an East and West guy. He is a cutter. He is a cutter two-seam guy. used to be the four-seam changeup. So John Rooney, again, not on the 40-man, but I think he is a guy that is imminent to the major leagues. And again, just like John Rooney, he was a starter for his entire career. He transitioned over, so could be very, very, very versatile. So, hey, we're going to talk about our last guy here that the Dodgers, I told, I've been telling you about him. This is Ricky Venasco. I've been telling you how good he, he was. He got DFA'd by the Rangers. He was a starting pitcher and then came over to the Dodgers, went to the complex, made some adjustments, and just hit the ground running with Tulsa. He has reached as high as 99 miles an hour. That slider right there you just saw is absolutely dirty, and I can tell you he is one of the most focused human beings I've ever been around. He is just a cool dude, just very kind of mild-tempered, but so competitive and so focused. 
I was I was just shocked that the Dodgers didn't re-sign him to begin with. And then when he became a free agent, I was like, I well, Dodgers Daily fans know that I guaranteed he was going to sign a major league contract. And he did. And thank God he signed that major league contract with the Dodgers. Ricky Venasco, I could not look at that dirty hook right there. I could not be more impressed with this young man. Yeah, and with Ricky Venasco, following the 2023 season, he became a minor league free agent. And I think the Dodgers showcase your point about just how good of a pitcher he is and just how much he showcased during this past season because they didn't just sign him to a minor league deal. They signed him to a major league deal, meaning he's on the 40-man roster, meaning he is very easily in line for a major league call-up. And I think that showcases what he was able to do this past season. Uh, spent some time with Texas. Then he came over to the Dodgers, spent a lot of time in double-A Tulsa. And during that time, double-A Tulsa, he was so dominant. Uh, struck out thir- about 13 and a half, a little over 13 and a half per nine. Uh, had an ERA of 1.52. You talk about his FIP and XFIP being fairly similar to that as well, being in the three to two range. Um, he is an incredible pit- pitcher. He talked about the just the skill set that he has, the pitches that he has. But I think the thing that can be a difference maker for him is the mindset, knowing what he's had to battle, knowing what he's had to go through and overcome. If he can channel that onto the mound in 2024, knowing that he has a clear path to the major leagues because he's on the 40-man roster, I think you could see showcase something that is really good, really dominate, and could be a pitcher that the Dodgers utilize and will be so glad that they added him and signed him to a major league deal, added him to the 40-man roster, because I think he can just really elevate this bullpen uh, and be a pitcher to watch out for for the Dodgers in 2024. Okay, so those are, those are the guys that we think are the most imminent. Another couple guys that I think are outside shots at the relief level. Braden Fisher could not be more impressive. Impressed by Braden Fisher, just pitched in every single role. Multiple innings most of the time. Wonderful young man. I think if there is an outside shot that he could possibly get up there and make the major league level, but again, finished at double A. Started last year at high A. And then another guy that I think it, that you know, I think his, his slider is one of the best pitches in all of the the organization. I think Antonio Knowles, he's kind of in that same boat that that you know, if if all hell broke loose and he needed to hit a bunch of depth, I think he could also be up there too. I think those are both guys that will be major leaguers. I think next year, twenty twenty four, it's an outside the box shot for their ETA. Yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong with that. I think both of these guys are two pitchers who are going to pitch in the big leagues one day, whether you're talking about Brandon Fisher Fish or, or they're talking about Antonio Knowles. I think they're going to get a lot of time in AAA Oklahoma City this next season, which, again, is one stop away from the major leagues. And I think both of them showcase incredible skill. They all have... You talk about Knowles with his slider just being one of the best pitches in the Dodgers organization with Fish just showcasing a lot of growth this past season. Both of those guys are really close to the big leagues. I think it's important to highlight them and be able to uh, just mention them when we're talking about pitchers who could make their debut in 2024 okay i hope you enjoyed your our show on on all the pitchers that you know that we've heard of all the 
all of the 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 Clayton Kershaw. Of course, he hadn't been signed yet, but the Walker Buehlers, all the big signings you've had as of late. Wanted to cover all the guys that we thought you could add depth to this organization that might make their 2024 Major League debut. So, Austin, thank you so much for joining. Again, hope you had a Merry Christmas. Hope you have a Happy New Year. And same to all of the Dodgers fans out there. Go Dodgers!